Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to become the CEO of your author business. Today, we're taking a look at bookstores, indie bookstores in particular, which are a significant sales channel for a lot of traditionally published authors, but for indies, it can be a challenge to get your books into those local bookstores. Our guest today is Suzanne Orchard. She's the owner of Key West Island Books, not surprisingly located in Key West, Florida. My wife and I visited Key West a few weeks ago, and one of the highlights of the trip for me was visiting Suzanne's wonderful shop and seeing the effort she made to feature indie authors in prime spots on her shelves. In this episode, we discuss things like the importance of local authors to Suzanne's sales mix, uh, the value of building community through her bookstore by hosting things like book events. And she, she shares some really interesting stories on some of the book events she's had in her store. And we get into how she orders books and how she decides on which books to order if they're just outside of the New York Times top 20 bestseller type things that every bookstore has to have. So it's a very interesting conversation. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. I love learning how different businesses work, and I learned, uh, I learned a little bit about the bookstore business from Suzanne. Now, obviously, Key West is a unique place, and not all indie bookstores are going to share her interest in promoting local authors, but local has to play a part in the plan of any indie bookstore. So I think we can learn a lot from Suzanne's model for dealing with and supporting indie authors. We get this week's interview started with me asking Suzanne for the best way an author can approach an indie bookstore to see if they'd be willing to stock their books or maybe even host an event. I think it's pretty simple. Just walk in and talk to me. It's better to have someone standing in front of me than a phone call. I can blow somebody off on a phone call a lot easier. If there's someone standing in front of me, that's who I'm going to pay attention to. Um, Email is a good introduction. A phone call is a good introduction. But if you really are serious about, you know, wanting an event, face-to-face is definitely the way to go as far as I'm concerned. I'm in the store all day by myself, so I pretty much pay attention to what's in front of me. Um, I try to check my email throughout the day, but that rarely happens. (laughs) If a phone call comes in, I'll sometimes let it go to voicemail if I'm a customer. You know, the person that takes the time to walk in, me as the person that gets my attention. Um, an introduction through a phone call or an email to, you know, maybe heads up, can I come down and see you sometime? That definitely works. Um, if you know you're traveling and you're coming to Key West and you have a book and you, you want to talk to me, that the heads up ahead of time is always great. Then I can give you a little more attention. We can, you know, make a plan. But um, really, I just think the best way to approach is, is to just come in and talk to somebody. When I have a a real person in front of me, it makes it more real instead of, hey, I wrote this book. Now I'm looking at a person, and and I know that they sat down and poured themselves onto paper, and they're going to show it to me. (laughs) So, um, You're in Key West. Your bookstore is is in Key West. How important is local Uh, if if – like – Say I've written a book and it takes place in Key West. Is is that something that would make you more interested in carrying the book, or would that not play into it at all? No, it definitely gives you a leg up, um, absolutely. And that's basically because of square footage. I would love to carry every book that I think is fantastic and mm-hmm. have it in there, um, but you know, there's just limited shelf space. So. With new authors, people that I don't know, I definitely um, tell them my my first criteria is, um, do you live here or do you write about here? And then there's exceptions to every rule. That definitely would get your foot in the door because people can read a book um, on their phone. They can get a book downloaded anywhere. They can, you know, you can buy a book in the grocery store, in the, in the you know, the, in the drugstore lots of places to get books. You can't get the indie books there. You can't get the local books. And people come to Key West, and a lot of times they want to read about Key West or they want Key West mm-hmm. authors, stuff that they can't get at home. So that definitely, definitely helps in in my absolute market 
Um, if you're from here or you write about here, you automatically have a leg in the door. I'm going to give you a chance. Okay. Now let's, let's take uh, several steps back. How did you get into the bookstore owning business? Well, it was never anything I thought I was going to do. Um, <laughs> oh, come on, because we all want to own bookstores. I know. It is that, you know, when you're dreaming about things, oh, that would be a great thing to do. But we all know that is no way to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> it's Very like being an author. <laughs> way. Exactly. You don't do it because, you you know, it's a smart business move. You do it because it's a passion. And I've always been a reader. I've, I've always... Um, enjoyed the printed word. I, I worked as a journalist for a very short time doing news. Um, and in my particular case, I was a frequent customer in this particular bookstore, went there all the time, got to know the owner very well. And I was a bartender at the time and he kept coming to my bar and saying, when are you going to come work for me? You know, <laughs> when are you going to come just quit this job, come work for me. And we would laugh about it and say, well, <laughs> you can't compare to, what a bartender makes in a resort town. He can't pay me that. So no, I'm staying put. And um, it was just kind of interesting the way it happened in the restaurant. The restaurant that I worked for was sold. Um, I was doing a couple daytime shifts. And when the, the new owners took it over, um, they were closed for lunches for the first couple of months till they figured out how they were going to, you know, approach the restaurant. And so I went to the owner of the bookstore then and said, hey, I have some days free now. If you want some part-time help, I'd, I'd love to, you know, get my foot in the door. And that's really how it started, just one or two days a week, very part-time. And then at the end of the month, he gave me money, and <laughs> that amazed me. Like, you pay me to do this? I was so happy to be in there. After a couple years of working part-time, I just got to a point where um, – I needed a, a change in my life, and my husband and I talked about it a lot because it was going to be a huge pay cut, mm -hmm. and it was just something for peace of mind I wanted to do. So I started working there full-time, um, managing it for the owner at the time. Uh, unfortunately, he died, and in the meantime, the landlord's son-in-law took the bookstore over as the owner as they were trying to find someone to sell the, the bookstore to, and couldn't couldn't find anyone to buy it. And after a couple of years, um, that man at the time said, "I'm just going to liquidate. This is this is no time to have a bookstore. This is really bad." He had already downsized to half of the square footage. When was this, um, Suzanne? This was this was about three years ago that he downsized. First okay. of all, downsized the store to just half the square footage. And then it was about three months after that that he said, I'm out. I, I, I'm just going to liquidate and the store is going to close. So you're going to need to find another job. At the time, it was the only bookstore in Key West. Um, and I'm thinking I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to live in a town that doesn't have a bookstore. So I'm going to have to move. <laughs> this is just not going to work. And Again, weird circumstances. My husband had been in a skiing accident and broke his leg really badly, had been out of work for a year and a half, flat on his back. Oh, man. Um, couldn't, couldn't walk, yeah. And this is the time that I decide that I'm going to buy a bookstore <laughs> where, you know, I've been working on a bookstore income as a, you know, manager, but basically a clerk in a bookstore. Um, my husband hadn't worked for a year and a half, so absolutely no income coming in, and we're trying to pay medical bills and keep up with the bills on my, you know, very small income. So it was a really stupid business <laughs> decision. Um, financially, it was the worst thing in the world that anybody should have done, but I knew in my heart that I could make it work. I, I loved what I, what I was doing. I loved working in the bookstore. I loved talking to the customers. I loved helping someone find that book that they'd never heard of and get them really excited about them, have them come back the next year and say, oh my God, you picked the best book for me. Do it again. And, you know, all of that I loved. So as everyone told me, don't do this. This is stupid. I said, here you go. Let's sign this lease. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's incredible. What a great story. It, um, yeah, it's not the average story. It was no. never, and I, I never aspired to be the owner. I loved managing it. I loved everything about it, getting to choose the books. Um, as far as the, the new inventory that came in, 
for the most part, not the indie books so much, but the bestsellers, you know, that was what I did. I didn't want to have to worry about the bills. So I had a perfect arrangement for a lot of years and I just wasn't willing to give it up. So I knew I had to do the hard part then and, and, and learn how to budget and pay all the bills and do all of that. But I knew that I could do it. What's the ordering process like when you're, when you're ordering books? And I want to, I'm, I'm asking you this as a general question, and then we'll dig down into it a little bit and get into some indie-specific things. But I'm assuming that most of the ordering that you do are, are for traditionally published books. Um, yeah, once a week, just to save myself the shipping costs, um, I order from from the big clearinghouses, from Baker and & Taylor and from Ingram, mm-hmm. um, to get basically the New York Times bestsellers. The stuff that's out there, the stuff everybody's talking about, the stuff everybody knows about, the stuff that everybody wants. Um, And then, you know, if I have found some little indies in between that I can order through either of those companies, I I get those on a weekly basis. And then the, you know, all the other indie books just kind of depends as people come in and talk to me or call me or, or just send me a book. And that happens a lot too. And then I'll start to read it and go, Oh my God, this is fantastic. It doesn't fit in my market at all. And I love it. And I'm ordering this book. So there's, you know, there's the weekly order. And then like you said, there's all the indie stuff, which Mm -hmm. really um, there's no method to it. It's just what feels right. When I walked into your store, I knew, and I don't know how I knew, it's probably from haunting bookstores my entire life, that if I turned to my right, I would find all of these books about Key West. And I turned, I walked in the door, turned to my right, and there they were. And so I went over and I'm standing there and, you know, eventually you and I started talking. But it's not like this was, I mean, this is prime real estate. And it, this is not where the, John, the new John Grisham book was stocked. That was further back. How do you make the decision uh, where to display the books and, and why do you make the decisions that you make? Wow. Um, I wish there, I could tell you there was some scientific method <laughs> of how I did that, but it just kind of is the way it worked out. Um, I find that people come in a lot and they want they know what they want mm-hmm. a lot of times. They either want whatever that new bestseller is or they want something about Key West. So I put the Key West stuff right up front. As soon as you walk in, you're going to see that. Maybe you didn't even know you wanted that. And I find that you know, it's something that I do because, you know, I'm a reader. And when I go to a town, I want to know about that town. I want to know about the writers there. So I seek that out. So I kind of figured I'd make it easy. And so I'd put it right up front where everyone's going to see it. The best sellers that they're going to seek, they're going to look for those. I could put those in another section where I could direct them to that. It didn't have to be right there in their face because they want that. They're going to look for that. They're going to find that. I kind of wanted to put things up front in their face that they didn't even know they were looking for. Okay. And it makes a lot of sense because you're in a resort town and, and people are there and they're soaking up the atmosphere and they're all thinking to themselves, gosh, it would be great to live here. And I, I wonder how I can learn more about that. And you walk into a bookstore and, and here are all these books about characters that live in Key West. Yeah. And when I when I walked in and turned to the right, the first thing that I saw were the Lawrence James books. And Larry has been a guest on this show before. I've, I've interviewed him a couple times. I've never met him in person, but I, I look forward to doing that someday. But I immediately noticed that you had not only his traditionally published books, but you had his indie published books. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. She stocks indie books, too. Um, how, when did you begin to stock indie books? Well, the the owner that hired me, Marshall Smith, when he owned the store, he um, he owned a remainder company also. I'm not a remainder company, no. He owned a company that held the largest remainder book fair in the country, in Chicago. It's called Sorobit. Okay. So I was when I when I was hired, there was, you know, a lot of those that are just overstock, but he also um, had been a rep across the country and he knew so many authors personally. Mm -hmm. So he had, you know, started way back then taking in indie books. Um, and then the, the three and a half years that the other man owned it, he kind of got away from that completely simply for bookkeeping. It was too hard to keep up with all the invoices of individual authors and what we owed and all of that. 
And, you know, he wasn't in it for the passion of it. He was, he was a businessman and it just, he said, we don't need this. The people are, you know, people want bestsellers. So we got away from that. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I did when I, you know, signed the papers and the store was mine was contact a few of these authors that I did know or knew someone that knew to try to get all those little indies back in because I knew people liked them. I had read Lawrence Shames for years. I'd never met him. I knew that he had lived in Key West. He didn't live there at the time. Um, But I really liked his stuff. And I knew that he had produced a few books after he did. uh, I can't remember. I'm going to be wrong if I tell you maybe 10, 12 books in the series. And then he had the Key West series. And then he had Mm -hmm. stopped writing those. He was out in California. But he had written a couple, and they were ebook only. And I was dying to get my hands on those. I don't normally read ebooks. It's not the way I like to read. I have done it because that's the only form it was available sometimes. But um, John Leslie, who is also a local writer in Key West, um, is very good friends with Lawrence James. And he happened to mention to me one day that Lawrence was coming to visit him. And I said, oh, my God, I have to meet this man. You know, I'm a huge fan. And when I did get to meet him, I said to him, hey, why, why just eBooks? You know, why, why aren't you printing those? And he said, it's expensive. You have to, you know, go through this whole process. Nobody's reading those anymore. And I said, Oh, I promise you, I promise you they are. (laughs) People want them. Please print them. And he said, you know, my wife's been telling me the same thing that I need to print these. Maybe I will. The next year when his new book came out, he came for a book signing. It was a huge success. So many people came that he hadn't seen in years. His mailman <laughs> from way back in the day. Some neighbors that had little tiny children who are now in college. And it was, you know, it was really, really fun for him to see all these people that he said, nobody reads me anymore. And he realized just how many people still do. So um, that was a really fun thing. Just speaking of Lawrence, because I just think he's, he's so fun. He's really amazing. And I love his stories. But the, the indies were one of the things that I knew that was one of the first things I was going to do when I took over the store was to get my local authors back in there, get these little independent books. Um, there's so many people that are writing. It's so hard to break into the industry, um, you know, just to get to get an editor to pay attention or get someone to pick you up. It's not an easy process. And so many of the really good writers that don't know how to market themselves just don't have a chance. So I you know, maybe because it's just kind of my life story. I'm the underdog. And so I always want to root for the underdog. And, I love it. And, and yeah, try to get them in there. So I, that was definitely my main focus when I first took the store over that I wanted to get those authors back in there. And as I was looking through your store and you were busy with a customer when, when my wife and I walked in. And so I was focused on the, on the main section to the right. And I saw all that. And then I started walking around to try and get a sense of how the store was laid out. And I kept looking specifically for books by Michael Haskins, who is a, he writes a series that takes place in Key West. He lives in Key West. And I knew you would stock his books, but I couldn't find them anywhere. And when you freed up I said, do you have any books by Michael Haskins? And you pointed at this rack that was, I think the whole rack was filled with, with Michael's books. And I just hadn't seen it. Um, you know, and that's something my husband and I were just talking about the other day. I did put his books, they took take up like half of that rack. Okay. He does have maybe 14 books. So yeah, it was half of that spinner rack there. Mm-hmm. I wanted his all face out. I think he has great covers. I, I like them. I wanted to give him a lot of shelf space and I just don't have a lot of shelf space. So we tried that for a while, putting him on that spinner rack. So all his covers were, you know, face out and people would see him and, and he had a lot of exposure and it's right beside the shelf that has, you know, the other lo- local authors on it. But um, honestly, you saying that you couldn't find him and you were looking for him specifically and just realizing that um, it worked for a while but doesn't seem to be working now. So we do we around a lot. And we were just funny that you mentioned him in particular. We were just talking two days ago about moving him off from that shelf now and getting him back with the other local authors. And um, he has a new book coming out sometime this fall. And um, so we're hoping at that point, you know, he will be featured and he will be, you know, on a shelf all to himself and, and people will 
remember him again. It's been a while since his last book. So it'll it'll be good to have him back there. He's spending too much time in Ireland, I think, writing now. He needs to get yes. back in Key West yeah. so that people know who he is. <laughs> um, let's talk about events. Uh, a few weeks ago on the Author Biz, we did a show with Taylor Stevens about what authors should plan for from an author's perspective to do a book event. Since I've got you, um, I, I would love to hear the other side of that. What's What's it like for you as an indie bookstore owner to host an event? What do you ask of your authors and what do you do to get ready for it? I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Every time I think I know how it's going to go, you know, how these events are going to work, it changes. And when you think, you know, you have a big author and you're going to have a huge line and then that doesn't happen and you have some little unknown author and a bunch of people show up and you just never know. Mm -hmm. But um, usually to prepare, I, um, I try to run an ad in the paper. Now that alerts the locals. Not a lot of the tourists will read that. Um, there are some free papers and we try to put ads in that. Unfortunately, that costs money mm -hmm. and we are a very small independent store, so we don't have a lot of that. Sometimes the author is willing to work with me and um, pay for half of the ad or pay for all of the ad or maybe put one in one publication and I put one in another. Um, but, you know, authors don't have a lot of money either. <laughs> so, I, you know, it, just, it kind of depends on, on the author, on the event, how it's going to go. Um, I do put things on Facebook I'm learning social media. I'm not good with this yet, but that is a tool to get it out there, put it on my website, which again, we don't, we don't update nearly often enough. Um, I, I just, I basically need more help. I can't do everything, you know, all at once. So we, we, you know, do what we can to try to get it out there. Um, I have whiteboards that I, I put out in front of my store when there's an event coming up. So always at least the week, week before, and that will just get the tourists that happen to be walking by, you know, I'll write on the board that we have an author event coming up. And we usually have, we, I guess I've only done a couple for kids, so we don't have wine men, but usually at the book signings we'll, we'll um, have wine available. So, you know, offer a glass of wine to people. Sometimes we'll have, you know, cheese or little munchies if somebody wants to bring that. But again, it sort of depends on the event. Um, and then just word of mouth. I tell my friends to please tell everybody. Um, Facebook is great for that. A lot of my local friends will put it all over Facebook. And then if it's um, something that's heard about, they'll they'll stop by. But just when you think, you know, oh, the locals will come out for this one, they don't. And then you think, oh, you know, maybe the tourists coming by will see this. And, and you just never quite know what's going to get someone in the door. When it's a busy weekend, a lot of the locals hide from from all the confusion and, and everything happening downtown, so they don't want to be down there. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes when it's an off week, when there's nothing going on in town, that can be the best time. People are willing to come out. They know they'll be able to find parking. <laughs> they can, yeah. you know, they can come down for something. So it's a little different for every everyone, kind of depending on what it is. Um, but I do ask the authors themselves to please tell their friends. Put it out there. Get people to come in. If they're from out of town, of course, they can't bring an entourage. If they're if they're local, I say just tell everyone you know to please stop by and just have a glass of wine with us. They don't have to buy the book, but bodies in the store bring other people yeah, in. Yeah, creates momentum. They see a bunch of people there. Absolutely. Like, what's going on in here? There's some, oh, let's go see what's happening in the bookstore. Well, and well, it'll get people in and... Let's let's do a comparison and, and a hypothetical comparison. Although I expect you've done book signings for um, both of these people, you mentioned Lawrence James, and was was Lawrence promoting at that time? It was probably one of his indie books, right? Was there was a new indie book out or something? Or yes, just absolutely. Okay, yeah. so did I, did was, you I think order it was for Key West Luck? Did you? Which was a great book, by the way. I I just yeah. love <laughs> I just love his books, and I was so excited when. He reappeared on the scene, and it's just one of the <laughs> the wonderful things about indie publishing that it allows someone like Larry, who's been gone for a decade, to go out and and write a new book in a series and see whether or not the audience is still there. And it and it really was. But in the case of of Larry, who was indie publishing his books, did you order a 
a supply of those books or did he bring them? Um, he actually did me a huge favor. I can order through CreateSpace. Mm-hmm. A lot of the CreateSpace titles, which are the independent um, uh, author, a lot of times that's who they use. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those I can get through Ingram, but my discount as a bookseller ordering um, create, through CreateSpace through Ingram is is a really barely a discount at all. Um, for Larry to order them, he gets an author discount. His discount is different. So as a favor to me, he ordered the books and had them sent to the store. That's not always how it happens. In this particular case, that's how we did it. He was he was traveling. He was just here on vacation. He mm-hmm. was not coming for an event. He was coming to visit an old friend. And um, so, you know, it was just... It, the way it worked out. And he did that to me as a favor that he ordered them for me. And then I literally just, you know, paid him whatever that invoice was instead of going through create space to do it. Um, and that's just that specific case. It's, it's different for each author, how I get the books. And for people out there who, who publish books through create space, if, if you open the channel and sell books through the channel that makes them available to booksellers, you make almost nothing when those books are sold. So, I mean, you have a razor thin margin when you order through, through, uh, your order process. If, if the order winds up coming from create space and the author has a razor thin margin. So it really, what he did makes a lot of sense uh, from, but you know, at least somebody got to make some money from the event. Right. Right. Unfortunately, it's a it's such a crazy business, and I know you know this, but um, it breaks my heart sometimes when people come in and say, oh, I'm not paying $16 for a paperback. That's too much. That author's already rich. Yes. And I have to stop every single one of them and go, do you realize the author gets the smallest piece of the pie? I usually make more off from a book than an author does. <laughs> <laughs> I do, like have to tell them that. It's just people don't realize that. I mean, I'm sure it's like that in tons of other industries that, you know, the general public just doesn't know, but the author gets such a percentage of what's happening there and they do all the work. They do the hardest part. Well, you know, I think it's the hardest part. I wouldn't know how to market it either. You know, there's, there's reasons that there other people have those jobs. When you're good at writing, you're usually not good at marketing and, Mm -hmm. and all of that. But yeah, the author gets a very small piece of it and it's true on on events like that like i said larry did that as a favor to me so that i could make the money on it and and he didn't you know he got the exposure um which was great um it let him know that people are absolutely still reading him and especially in qs they're still reading him but um yeah they're going through create space like i said i get when i order normally through ingram I'm basically not making anything. I'm just letting those books be on my shelf and giving those authors exposure. And in in the case of someone like Larry, if you like the kinds of things that he writes, if you read one of his books, you're going to read them all. So it just, and his books are not written. It's sort of like a quasi series almost. It's, it's not, it's not like a normal series where the, the, Time passes and and it's the same characters over and over again. There are just a few returning characters, and it's just these fantastic stories that he he comes up with. Right now, let's use as the other example uh, Lucy Burdett, who lives part time in Key West, part time somewhere up in the Northeast. She's been on a guest on this show before. Uh, that uh, Lucy Burdett is a pseudonym. I think her real name is Roberta Islip. Islip. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing yes. that right. Um, yeah, but yeah. you mentioned when when we were chatting in your store that you had done an event for her. Now she's traditionally published. So how did you get those books? Um, those I just ordered through Ingram. Okay. Um, with my you know regular bookstore discount, um, because yes, she does have a, a you know a publicist and and she yeah she's big time. She she. Does not, she does not self-publish, basically what I'm trying to say. Um, and that event was so much fun. Um, that one I knew, I think that was for her seventh book, um, or maybe her sixth book that we did the signing for. So she already had 
a lot of books out. She already had a following in Key West, and she's another one. Now, this one is a series that does continue, and, and they are individual stories, but the, the character builds as you go. There's the same mm-hmm. recurring character in hers, and, and that one does build. So that event was fun because people that already knew her wanted to come. First-time readers would buy her first book and get this new one signed. So an event like that in a book in a series, is really fun because you never know what you're going to sell that day. Yes, the one that they're featuring, the brand new one, but the whole backstop are ones that would, you know, that are also going to be selling. And she did a really fun thing. She had asked me event. Um, she has a fortune teller as one of the characters in her books, and he's a real person. And he really is down at Mallory Square telling fortunes. But, of course, you know, she makes him into a character in her books and changes things. But she said, can I invite my fortune teller? And I was like, oh, my God, that would be so fun. <laughs> so you've, you're serving wine and people are drinking wine and, and having their fortunes read in the back somewhere. Exactly. That is awesome. It was so fun. Well, and from that, she she took it even further. She said, how about if I invite some of the other characters in my book? And I had no idea how many of these characters were based on real people. And, of course, she changes everything about them, but, you know, they, they're based on somebody. So she, she brought all these people in, and they were all wearing name tags for their character's name in the book. I had the most fun at that event because I was walking around like, oh, my God, you're that, do you really live? And she was like, no, no, I don't live there. No, that's all made up. But... <laughs> My spunkiness is, is the real stuff for this character, but it was just that event was so much fun, and it turned into a huge party. Everybody just walking around, socializing, having a great time, meeting these characters that they've been reading about, and yeah, that was a really fun event. Now, when you have events like this, what what is your goal as a bookstore owner? Is it specifically or exclusively to make money selling books or or is this also a community building thing it's definitely a community building absolutely i a lot of the times the book signings that i do are for smaller first first second time you know authors mm-hmm. um people that aren't that well known the the big well known authors I can't afford to bring them and they expect to be, you know, put up in a hotel and, and, you know, invited to come. And it's a big thing. I, I just don't have the funds to do something like that. So I do focus more on the little independent authors. Um, and so a lot of times I have to let the author know, don't have big expectations. I'm sorry. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it turns out a bunch of people come and sometimes it turns out that not a bunch of people come. So we have no idea going into it, what's going to happen. And what I want to do is get their name out there. Um, this particular town, you know, the locals are really funny. I'll, like I said, post it on Facebook or have it on the board out front. And three days after the event, people will come in like, is there a book signing tonight? <laughs> no, you missed it. But I have these copies. It happens a lot that people miss the event or come too soon or come too late. But um, it, it just gives them that exposure. And yes, the goal, of course, is to sell books, but getting their name out there just so that people see it. And then sometimes when their next book comes out, people will say, wait, I've heard of this person. How do I know this? And yes, yeah, just that exposure, I think, is really good. And, and having having something to do that doesn't involve, yes, we do serve wine at the, you know, at the events, but we also serve water. <laughs> um, but just something different to do in a town that's known for sort of divorced party scene, you can do something else. You can come meet an author. And sometimes the slow events are even more fun, I think, because it gives a real one-on-one with the author. And you can just sit there and talk to them and ask them all kinds of questions that maybe don't have anything to do with the book, but do have things to do with the book selling industry or the, you know, the whole writing process. And you get to know the author and then you want to read all their stuff. Now, let me ask you, I, I had not planned on asking you this question, and you may not even have an answer to it, but from an author's perspective, one of the things that we do that's important is to 
find come up with ways to connect with readers after the event or after they bought the book or you know we always want people to sign up for the email list um in your experience are the authors that are doing the signings doing something to get people signed up for their email list or providing some method that they can follow up with them um really depends on the author the ones that have been doing it for a while or have support and and have other other authors telling them what they've done that works. A lot of times they'll have little, like postcard size, little flyers made up with mm-hmm. all the names of their books on them, which is so smart. And, you know, all their contact information. And they use those as bookmarks or they, you know, make their own bookmarks um, that have all of that contact information, all of their other works on them. The people that have those, they're definitely on top of the game. They, they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of first time authors don't know this stuff and it, it's things that they learn as they go along. Um, but yeah, a lot of times they'll, they'll definitely have that, have some type of, of promotional material that they give with the book so that people remember them and, and have other ways to contact them other than just trying to maybe look in the back of the book and see if there's a website or see well, if I'm, there's an email. I'm actually asking – that's interesting that, that you said that, um, but I'm actually asking the reverse of that question. Are, is, does the author have like a sign-up sheet or something where, where they can collect email addresses to instantly sign them up to their email list? I've actually never – I've never seen that happen in my store. Okay. I All haven't right. had an author that, that has done that, no. I years ago I was I went into a bookstore and there was an author there um, doing a signing and she was all alone she's behind the she's behind the table there's a stack of books and just because I'm the way I am I just instantly went up and started talking to her you know what do you write that kind of thing and I I it turned out she wrote the kind of books that I enjoy reading so I bought a couple and she took my name and address and I didn't think anything of it and then the next time. She published a book. I got a handwritten postcard from her letting me know that she'd published a new book. And I just thought that was extraordinary. And this is before the, the, the idea that you get everyone's name on an email list. But even now, when she publishes new books, I still get that postcard. And I'm on her email That's list fantastic. as well. So I, I just thought that was really clever. And there's, it, there's, you form a connection when you meet an author. And if they actually reach out to you in that kind of a way, rather than some automated, yeah, here's an email that I'm sending out to my 10,000 people on the email list, it's, it's impactful and you want to buy the book. Absolutely. All yeah. right. I had something to be said for that handwritten note coming in the mail, even if it's just a little postcard. But yes. Like you said, it's not a mass mailing. It's somebody who took the time to say, hey, we connected. I remember you. Here's my new book. And absolutely, you want to get it. I had a, a few other questions that I wanted to ask you about ordering and things like that. But I posted uh, a comment in the Author Biz Facebook group asking for questions. And some of those questions um, have come from the author. So I'm going to just go through those questions now, if you don't mind. And we'll just kind of knock them out one after another. Sound good? Okay. Yeah. All right. First question is from Brian Meeks. His question is, do you feel the increase in the number of successful indie authors has impacted your business? Absolutely. And again, it might be unique in my sort of situation for that, but impacted, and and I think he might be surprised by the answer, but in a fantastic way for me, because I do want to focus on um, local authors and, um, a lot of the first, first time, first, first books that come out. Mm -hmm. So I definitely look for those. I want those. And when someone comes to me, um, with an indie book, I push for that more than some of the bestsellers. We have to have the bestsellers. We have to have those, you know, New York times bestseller list because people sometimes just want that specific book. But Definitely, now that people can get published a lot easier through um, Create Space and some of the other companies that are out there, it makes it possible to put that physical book in my hand and let me take a look at it instead of giving me a manuscript or, hey, this is online, go read this. Mm-hmm. It definitely, it definitely has impacted my business, and I 
carry a lot of those indie, indie oh, books, yes. Great, great answer. Uh, second question care, uh, comes from Sean Sweeney, and uh, his question is, do you stock books that aren't return, returnable, i.e. from CreateSpace? So the, I guess the uh, question is, do you, do you buy books for stock from CreateSpace as opposed to you know, some other way of getting books from indie authors? Um, I do if I know the book and I know that I can sell it. Um, I'll, I'll take a chance on, you know, one or two copies of something if I think it's interesting and I want to see what it is. It's a little daunting not to be able to return something. And honestly, I don't return that many books because I pretty much buy what I'm pretty sure I can sell. Mm -hmm. The way that that works it to my advantage, the way I make it work to my advantage, a lot of times, I will take in these indie books on consignment. So the author has to bring them to me. I won't, I, I can't get them, you know, consigned through create space. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to buy them. So um, the way that I work around that is to take a couple of copies from the author until I know that it's going to be a seller. And then I'll go ahead and order it through create space on my own, knowing that I'm going to be able to sell it. But um you know, it's a it's a little hard to take in a book if you if you know you're going to be stuck with it if it's if it's going to be a, an expensive right. book that you can't send back. But if you know a regular paperback, no, I will definitely take a chance on that, and I'll get a few copies. And if I like the book, I can sell it. <laughs> That's one of the great things about indie bookstores. And while I Absolutely. was there, you know, we talked long enough that I was able to say, okay, you have a pretty good understanding of what my reading t- tastes are. What would you recommend that I read? And you you pointed out a couple things that I I know I'm familiar with the author's names. I couldn't remember if I'd read the books or not, so I just bought them, and I'll figure it out. <laughs> But I mean, it's one of the great things about talking to someone like you in in a in a small bookstore is that we were able to talk long enough that you knew ex- just based on what I'd said, you you probably could go to any bookstore in the country and pick out ten books that I would love. And oh, so you wonderful. just pointed me at some things, and 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 I was able to buy them, which was which was great. And I have them sitting next to the bed now. All right, next question comes from Susie O'Connell. What do you consider most important when deciding which indie books to order? And then she follows that up with, what is a deal breaker for you? Um, And then in parentheses, the thing that would immediately make you say no to a book or an author. Um, I don't know that there's anything that's a deal breaker. I really don't. There are certain books, um, you know, coffee table books that are oversized and heavy um, with a lot of pictures, which makes it you know, photographs are heavy, makes the book heavy. The thing in my market, which is so weird, is that people don't want to put weight in their luggage to go home. Huh. And as crazy as that sounds, uh-huh. it has changed. It really has changed how I order things. I have my used hardcovers priced cheaper than the paperbacks in my store because nobody wants to lug a hardcover to the beach or the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's heavy in their beach bag. If it's a, you know, a new book, a first edition or something hot off the press, they, they don't want to ruin it by taking it to the beach or the pool. Um, and they're, like I said, they're not going to put it in their luggage to go home because it's going to add the weight to it. So it, it's kind of strange that I have a hard time selling really nice, heavy, mm-hmm. large books, uh, as beautiful as they might be that can kind of be a deal breaker for me. And that would, I would say would be about the only, only thing. Um, I had said earlier, I do have some, you know, basic criteria taking in new books from indie authors. I want it to be, um, someone that's from here, um, that lives here now or has lived here or writes about here, but there's exceptions to every rule. And it was a kind of a funny story with a local author now, um, Christina Oxenberg, she came in one day and said, I've written these books. And she lived in New York City at the time. And most of the stuff that she had written was sort of about that area. And she you know, said, I'd like you to carry my books. And I gave her that basic criteria. And she was, you know, undaunted. And she's like, well, then I just moved here. So I am local. And, and we kind of laughed a, a bit. And then she said, well, let me just leave this with you. Take a look at it, see what you think, and here's my website if you want to contact me. I went home that night and read 
some of her, she writes short stories and read some of her stuff and it was fantastic. <laughs> and even though it didn't have anything to do with the area and she didn't live here yet, <laughs> although she says she made the decision at that moment that she was moving here, <laughs> um, her writing was just so good and I liked it so much that I immediately contacted her and was like, oh my God. I'm so sorry that I kind of blew you off. Definitely come see me. I want to carry your books. You're fantastic. So you never know. I mean, it can be when you, like I said, when I think I know how things are going to work, something comes along and changes it. So you just have to be open to it. Do covers come into play at all when you're looking, when you're looking at a book? Like you mentioned that Michael Haskins covers um, were really good and, and you liked the way they looked and you wanted to display them in such a way that, 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 uh, bookstore visitors would see them. Does that come into play when you're making a, a, a decision? A little bit. I, I do have to admit, I know we're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, <laughs> but a beautiful cover will draw me in. If it's a scene that you feel like you can step into and be a part of, you definitely want that. A lot down here, you know, we seem to have a lot of books with blue covers that have, you know, ocean scenes or sunsets. There's a lot of that. But it does kind of draw you in and make you think of this area. Um, there are some, you know, we had talked before about the, the writing process and the people that are good at putting the words together and, and making beautiful sentences and creating characters aren't good at the design of the book. Mm -hmm. So they leave that to someone else. Um, there's a few really good books that I have in the store that have really awful covers. And I feel like I have to hand sell those books because no one's going to just say, oh, let's see this and pick it up. So that's one thing with, with indie books that I feel really kind of bad for them because they don't have someone helping them and really looking out for them in that department. I wouldn't pass on a book because it had an ugly cover, but it takes me longer to pick that book up and read it and find out if I, if I'm going to carry it, then one that's very inviting. If, you know, if the cover's inviting, it just makes you want to open it and start reading. If the cover is, ugh, you know, just something that, that has no appeal at all, no interest, just bland, not so much that you want to read that. Now, if it's someone that you've read before and you know, you like this author, then you can ignore that cover. So, you know, exceptions to every rule, like I said, but, right, um, right. I wouldn't pass on something just because it had a bad cover, but I would kind of encourage the author that maybe on the next printing, you might want to think <laughs> about doing something different here. <laughs> okay, good answer. All right, uh, from Doug Doro, what's the best way to introduce your readers, and this is you, your readers and customers to a new author? Uh, is it an on-site book event, um, email Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. What if say someone came to you and it, they have a first book and it sounds like you like to to help to promote people like that and you read the book and you love it. What would you do? What would what would be the best thing you could do to help them find an audience through your bookstore? Um, I I am not the best at promoting, and that definitely is something that in my business I need to work on, and I, I feel like I'm still just kind of starting out there and, and I'm going to get better at that somehow. <laughs> but um, if I like a book, it's, it's basically me hand selling it. I'll put it on my Facebook page. I will tell people about it when people come in, if they're, you know, they're looking for, you know, whatever type of book, I'll definitely draw them. If that's, if that's the one, you know, get them in that um, direction. If, if I like a book, Oh my God, I just can't stop talking about it. And I want everyone to read it. And there's certain local books someone will come in and say, you know, I'm looking for something from a local author. And I'll say, oh, my gosh, you're going to love this. Oh, yeah, you gave that to me last year. <laughs> and I get a lot of that. And um, like with Lucy Burdett's books, mm -hmm. I tell people these are really fun. They're, you know, they're, they're quick reads. They'll make you laugh. They're murder mysteries, but they're fun. If, if that sounds a little weird, but they are. Um, and the characters are great. And every time someone buys one, I'll say, okay, I'll see you in a couple of days. You're going to be back for another one. You're going to love these. <laughs> and then people come back. Why didn't I listen to you? I should have bought three. So um, I do, I think my best marketing is once I have people in the store, 
then I can push them onto the books that I really think they're going to enjoy. Just because I like a book doesn't mean someone else is going to. So a lot of times people come in and say, what are you reading? Like, what do you like? And I have to backpedal from that and say, let's not talk about that yet. You know, I'll tell you later some of my favorite books, but tell me what you like. And even from that, sometimes I can push them in a new direction. I love it when someone gets me out of my comfort zone and says, you've got to read this book. It's really good, but it's not a genre that I would normally be drawn to. And if somebody can, you know, if someone loves it enough that they convince you, you you should just give this a try. That's my favorite thing. I love when someone takes me out of my comfort zone. So I try to do that with, you can tell, you can tell the customers that are going to be open to it. And the other is like, no, I like John Grisham. I want a John Grisham book or something very similar. And then you take them to what they want, that getting, getting the right book to the right person is my absolute favorite thing about owning the bookstore. That is the best thing in the world to me when I can get someone excited about a book. Um, even if it's not something that I, I would, you know, normally like, I don't read a lot of romance, but if somebody is, Oh, I really want this. And I know a couple really good authors and get them in, you know, the book that they want, Mm -hmm. that makes me the happiest. And what a yeah, I mean what a what a great thing to be able to do. I kinda do that in, in my in the community that I live in, the the neighborhood that I live in. People just come and tell me what books they like and at, say what should I be reading. And it, it is so much fun when people come back to you and say, Oh, I love that book and I read them all. It was just so much fun. I'd I want to come and work for you in your bookstore so that I could be talking to the people that come in. <laughs> it is. It's the greatest compliment. That's my my favorite thing when someone comes in and says you picked a book for me last year that I had never heard of, and I loved it. Wow me again. And then the pressure's on. <laughs> yes, then the pressure's <laughs> really on, because you probably don't remember all do the things again. they told you last year that, that led you right to that right. perfect book. All right, I have two more questions. Right. Um, the next okay. one from Dane Edmondson. What catalog, we've, we've sort of talked about this, but I, this, this will be a really specific question. What catalog do you order from, in parentheses, Baker and Taylor, Ingram, etc.? And he follows that up with, do you accept mailed submissions from authors outside your local area to sell on consignment? Um, absolutely, I do. Um, yes, I do order from both from Ingram and Baker and Taylor just because they pretty much have everything that I'm looking for as far as, you know, the big names that are out there. I can I can get – if one company is out, the other one will have it. Um but yes, I do take author submissions. If someone mails me a book, and it happens quite often that it'll, it'll just show up in the mail, sometimes without a phone call ahead of time. But um, here, consider this. Um, I, I definitely take those in. I definitely take a look at them, and I do take things on consignment, yes. Usually, I, I need to read the book first, see if it's a good fit. Like I said, very limited shelf space, but... Um, I want to give everyone a chance, and I tell people I'll keep it through a season, usually a whole year, um, sometimes just through you know the main season. But I'll give you a chance if if you if you come to me and say please carry my book, I'll try. You know we'll see how it goes. And some things just aren't a good fit, even if it's a great book. I have most people that are on vacation, so what people read on vacation tends to vary, but Mm -hmm. most of the time people don't want to think so much on vacation. Other people, they wait and read these really dry business books because they have the time to devote to it. I'm going to have two hours by the pool with nothing to do but to concentrate on a book so I can read something a little more dry. So you never never know what it is that they're going to want, but um, I, I will definitely take anything in if I have the room for it, if I think I can sell it. All right, and I I just want to make sure that I understood something you said earlier correctly. You order through Baker and Taylor and Ingram, and you're able to order through them from CreateSpace. Is that correct? Did I do I have that right? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, How often? Some some titles, not all of them, not all of them, and some of them, you know, like I I literally I actually have to pay to have the book in the store because I have to pay the shipping. Like I'll get zero discount on certain books mm-hmm. through Create Space. It's just like, yeah, well, we have it. We'll send it to you, but and I won't mark a book up if it's if it retails for sixteen dollars. 
it retails for $16. I'm not going to put 17 on it so I can make a buck. I don't do that. I, whatever the list price is, that's the price. How often does it happen when someone comes in and asks for a book that you don't have and it's only available through CreateSpace? Um, I, I really don't know how often that happens. It, is it, it, is it regular? Occasionally. Okay, occasionally. All right. That answers the question. Yeah, it does happen occasionally. Yeah. Um, most of the stuff I can get or, you know, if it is indie, I can figure out a way to contact the author and get the book from them. Um, I definitely try. That, you know, that's, that's the bottom line. If somebody's looking for something, I will do my best to get it for them. Cool. All right. Last question. And this is sort of a recap of several of the questions, but I'm going to ask it anyway. This is from John Etzel. How does an indie author get their books in your store? Does consignment increase their chances? Uh, consignment does increase their chances. And that's, that's the way that I take in new authors for the most part, um, the little independents. If I haven't heard from, heard of them, it's, you know, not something that I'm positive that, that will be a big seller. Um, that's, that's how we start out. I do it on consignment, take just a few copies because I don't want them to get shelf worn or, you know, damaged. I don't have a, a lot of space for storage for, um, back stock for anything. So I take a couple, if they sell really fast, then they get paid faster and we order more. I've done it with a couple of locals and said, yeah, let me take three. And then I call them later that afternoon, like, wow, thank you. <laughs> you did your legwork. I I've had five people come in today that want your book. So, I need at least two more right now, <laughs> and then let's get 10 this time instead of three. And it kind of builds that way. And there are certain authors that come to see me almost every week. You need some more books. How are you doing? You know, they just mm. pop in. And and the more that, you know, especially local authors, the more they tell people, the faster they get paid. All right, Suzanne, is there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head now. Um, and I lied because I said it would take about a half an hour, and we're, we're on about an hour now. So I, I, I thank you for your time. And this is the kind of thing that happens when you talk to people in South Florida, probably Key West specifically. When we were trying to schedule this interview, Suzanne and I talked by phone yesterday, and she said you were trying to nail down a time. And she says, okay, yeah, 10 o'clock will be perfect unless I take this waterboard yoga class. And can I text you if I take that class? Because, you know, if the weather's <laughs> good, I really want to take that class. And then could we do it later? And I'm like, absolutely. That is, that is cool. Yeah, well, you know, it's a resort town. So every day off is kind of like being on vacation. But unfortunately, I... I get one of those a week, yes. and there's a lot of things you got to cram into that one day off, getting everything done for the week that, that you know, most people get done in the evenings. I, I work long hours, so there's not much time after work to get anything done. And, and yeah, you have, to, um, you have to take those little slices when you can, and being out on the water is definitely one of the ways that I recharge when I can. So yeah, you were wonderful to say, okay, if you can get to that class, go ahead. We'll do it later. But oh, unfortunately I it didn't happen this morning, but yes. <laughs> um, all right. So we've been speaking with Suzanne Orchard, the owner of Key West Island books, Key West's oldest, and in my opinion, best bookstore. Suzanne, thank you for being here. Where can people find you online? Um, we are, uh, you can find me on Facebook, just Key West Island Books on Facebook. And our website is kwislandbooks.com. Um, unfortunately, don't update that very often. And it usually just tells you, hey, go to my Facebook page. <laughs> and that's where I, I try, you know, once a week anyway, to post something that I think is interesting, some new indie book or some event coming up. So those are the best ways to find me. Suzanne, I probably should have asked you this before we started talking, and I forgot. We don't have an indie bookstore in, in Naples, and I, when I buy physical books, I would rather buy them from an indie bookstore. Is, do you sell to people and ship books, or do you prefer to just like not deal with the hassle of shipping because you know, you're a small operation you just don't want to hassle with that? 
I, I do ship. Um, yeah, it is kind of a hassle. The post office <laughs> is always busy. Um, and because of that, I usually use the, um, the flat rate boxes from the post office, okay. which tend to be a little more expensive to ship unless you're getting a bunch of books at once. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're willing to wait a few days, then I will box it up, wait for my day off, wait in line at the post office and do it at book rate which is much cheaper than, than a flat rate. But yes, I ship out at least once a week. I do ship stuff out to people. A lot of times, you know, like I've told you before in my market, people don't want to put things in their luggage. So those books are going to be extra weight. So I will absolutely ship stuff home for people and and then they'll be waiting when they get home, which is always fun too. But yeah, I ship out at least once a week, if not more. And uh, so if, if people want to order books from you, what's the best way to do it? Should they call or email yeah, or what? The best way is that either, either way, um, I'm really bad about checking email. <laughs> so a phone call to say, hey, I just sent you an email. <laughs> okay. It's a lot of work for the, the person to do all that. But yeah, either way, they can call me. That's usually the best way to get me. They can email me. Um, I don't take payments over my website. Um I don't have that extra level of security to to take credit cards over there. I'm not willing to get into that yet. So you do have to call me with your credit card information, and then we ship them out. But, yeah, I'm absolutely willing to ship. Okay, cool. I will be calling. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you very much for being here. It was was great meeting you in Key West last week and even more fun chatting with you today. Oh, thank you so much. This was fun. And thanks to everyone out there listening. As always, we'll have links to everything we mentioned during the show, including the Key West Island Books website and the Facebook page. You'll find that all at theauthorbiz.com. Thank you guys so much for listening.